right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in. It is that betting show here on 610 Sports Radio. This is already the fifth one we've done. How have the first four or five weeks of sports betting being legalized in Kansas treated you? Let me know on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Alex Gold, at 610 Sports KC. And then, of course, those of you in the Discord channel really appreciate that. So we had a nice uh, addition of members from last week. It's completely free. It's just a chat. People talk about what plays they're doing tonight for Thursday Night Football. If anybody catches a good promo that nobody maybe caught, that's that's everything that's available on the Discord channel. If you want to join, hit me up on Twitter. I'll get you the link to that. But we got a good group going, so appreciate that. One-hour show, as always. We got Julio Sanchez producing the show. Coming up here in about 30 minutes, we'll get some advice from an expert on this NFL Week 4 slate, John Lanfranca from uh Ron Franca from Action Network contributor host writer for fantasysharks.com going to join me he lives in Kansas City as well and he writes for the Action Network as I told you whenever I have a national guest on if we can I like to have at least a little bit of a KC connection well he actually does live in Kansas City so looking forward to his insight and as always we'll end the show with the Goldilocks last week a very good week for us we got back on track we went three and one in college football we went three and one in the NFL so a very good week and those of you that may be caught in the discord channel and follow uh, a betting show I do on the weekends for BetQL you might have caught uh, a little bit of the Hail Mary we do a Hail Mary prop on my weekend show and it has to be at least nine to one or greater odds and that's two out of the first three weeks of the season. Been able to hit on that last week. It was all about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we hit on that on a 10 to one prop. So uh, thanks for those of you that are following along with that. But we got Thursday night football coming up and this is a really exciting one. We've had, you know, the last Thursday night, of course, wasn't as exciting with Cleveland and Pittsburgh. We talked about it being maybe a slow drawn out game. It got a little more interesting towards the end of the game, but overall by far this other than opening night or when the chiefs were playing, of course, this is, a really good Thursday night football matchup with Cincinnati and Miami. And I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at on this game. And then we'll talk some chiefs. That's the setup. If you guys have been listening, you know, that's kind of how we do things here on that betting show. And for me tonight, the question really is how much do you believe in the Miami dolphins? And even if you believe in the dolphins, are you okay riding with them knowing it's a short week? It's been well discussed. You've probably heard it before. This is a Miami team that while coming off a win against the Buffalo Bills, their defense was on the field in that hot weather and the humidity for 90 plus plays in general. Like that, that is a lot of wear and tear on a short week. Then you travel on the road. You got out to Cincinnati a day early because of course of the hurricane issues down in the state of Florida. They got a couple injuries. Two is going to play tonight. Jalen Waddle was questionable. These guys all look like they're going to play, but they're still a little banged up. And if it really was a back injury, for Tua, and it wasn't the concussion that everybody thought he had and the NFL investigated and said, no, it was a back injury, him wobbling around. It wasn't a concussion or anything like that. Well, then that's something you have to factor in tonight. The line has gone up here in the last hour or so. It's settled. It's pretty much a consensus minus four in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals as four-point favorites tonight at home. Earlier in the week, again, you could have got Cincinnati if you bet right after the game on Sunday. You could have got Cincy as two-and-a-half-point favorites. We'll see if that matters, right? Every line matters. It's the key number of three. But 
if you're confident uh, in, in Miami covering, obviously you like now that it's up to four. Uh, I'm personally on Cincinnati tonight. I have them on the spread at minus three. I have them on the money line in a parlay. I also have Raheem Moster tonight, who's the running back for the Miami Dolphins. It's Chase Edmonds, Moster. There's a little bit of a split. I think Moster could potentially get some more carries tonight, but I'm on a prop bet involving him tonight, and it's on the other side. It's on the under for Raheem Moster. Under 56 and a half rushing yards and receiving yards tonight. If you take a look at what you know, Raheem Mostert has done so far in this season. Uh, one week, right? One week would have been the one that stands out. Otherwise, I really love the number that we're getting here tonight. So in week one, Raheem Mostert, five carries, 16 yards, had one reception on one target, and that's key here, for 16 yards. So that would have been under the number in week one against uh, what New England, I guess it would have been. And then in week two, and that crazy game in the fourth quarter comeback, against the Baltimore Ravens. He did have 11 carries for 51 yards, three catches for 28. Obviously would have gone over this week's total if that was the case. And then last week against Buffalo in a 21-19 game, eight carries, 11 yards, and two targets in the passing game, but no catches. So I I lean heavily on the under here. That's why I played it. I do like the under for Raheem Raheem Mostert uh, combined rushing and receiving yards tonight. That's what I'm on for a little Thursday night football. But if you're thinking about here in 10 minutes or so as kickoff, trying to get a a few last-minute bets in, let me just give you a couple trends. Uh, I I like to point these out. You guys can decide what to do with them. I tell you what I'm playing. I give you some trends. Uh, You guys have your own insight, and you can fade or follow. But interesting enough, at least at at BetMG, GM, and I'll, I'll just use them for this one. The the most bet anytime touchdown props, which these are very popular for primetime games. First touchdown score, anytime touchdown score. Uh, I know our boss, Steven Spector, uh, last Thursday night, if you guys were listening, you know he hit on an Amari Cooper first touchdown prop bet. I think it was 10 to 1 or 11 to 1. Those are really fun to play. You sprinkle a little money on it, and you hope uh, that the first touchdown or anytime touchdown score hits. For this game, the most bet anytime touchdown scores. Tyree kills getting 19.4% of those bets. Uh, currently Jalen Waddle getting 16.3 and then Jamar chase tonight getting 10.3%. That's not for f- first touchdown score. That is just for any time touchdown score. I think if any of you were to guess without me, even have tell- told you, you know, the, the percentages there, you would have assumed probably that Tyree kill Jalen Waddle and Jamar chase. were going to have the three most tickets, but interesting to see the spread there. People, expecting a bounce back game from Tyree kill after having a huge performance against Baltimore last week only had, uh, was it two catches for 20 something yards or 30 something yards. Uh, so in Kansas city, we saw this happen a lot too, right? Where he would have huge games and then it kind of boomer bust type of weeks, incredible wide receiver, but that would be something that would happen sometimes from a statistical standpoint. Uh, perhaps he gets back on track tonight against Cincinnati, who I, I think is an underrated defense. I don't think Cincinnati gets enough love. I've seen a lot of analysis about this game tonight about, hey, how is Cincinnati, understandably so, going to protect Joe Burrow, right? That continues to be an issue, especially with a a nice pass rush in Miami. But this Cincinnati defense has been really, really impressive through the first three weeks of the season. No touchdown drives, no touchdowns given up on the last 20 drives, as a matter of fact. So I actually think Cincinnati's defense should be getting some more love. And depending on the flow of this game early on, check on a live bet opportunity uh, for the total, depending on where this game is going. Uh, one other trend here, though, since 2015, and this comes from our friends over at uh, the Action Network, since 2015, teams coming off an outright win as an underdog that are also underdogs on Thursday Night Football are 0-12 straight up and 1-11 against the spread when they're playing on the road. They're 0-8 straight up 
and against the spread. So, uh, look, it's since 2015, but 0-12 straight up when you are coming off a win, which Miami is, and then an underdog, also underdogs, as I said, on Thursday night. So uh, interesting trend there. Uh, That's a little look at Thursday night football. We'll talk more about the rest of the weekend slate, as I mentioned, coming up in about 20 minutes or so with John Lanfranca uh, of the Action Network and contributor also for FantasySharks.com. But let's talk some Chiefs football a little bit. We now know the location for sure for this game. I was wondering if we would know by kickoff or by, by showtime and kickoff of Thursday night football where the Chiefs and Bucks game was going to be. That announcement came earlier this afternoon. And for those of you listening on the podcast here on Thursday afternoon, the Chiefs line has moved since the news that the game is going to actually be played in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium. Of course, the alternate site was going to be Minnesota. This is the second most line movement of any game so far in week four. If you take a look at where things are at. So it was, it's now a three and a half point move towards the chiefs. The chiefs open as two and a half point underdogs. Then you saw the chiefs move up to one or one and a half point favorites in this game. And if you check on your favorite app, whether it's FanDuel, BetMGM, wherever you're checking, you'll now notice the chiefs are one point underdogs for Sunday night's game. It's still going to be Sunday night in Tampa thought that was a little interesting to see the movement there. Initially, the Chiefs opening up as as two and a half point dogs. I expected the movement in the direction there. I'm a little surprised that the Chiefs being favored by one is now them losing a point based on the location. Because, yes, if the game was in Minnesota, I would have expected the line to have gone up to Kansas City, maybe minus two and a half themselves and had even more line movement because you would have had much more uh, chief representation at U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, now it's in Tampa. Now they're going to have the crowd. And if you base it off of last year, how much is that worth? I think historically, we've always been taught to to think, oh, it's three points. If you're a home team, it's worth three points. That wasn't the case last year. I believe it was around like 1.7 points is what a home atmosphere was actually worth for you in the NFL a season ago. And then, then the COVID year was completely different, right? You didn't have any fans in the stands, and so you had to completely take that out. So I'm a little surprised uh, by that. I, I understand it's 1.7 points, and so you can say, well, then the line moved one. That 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 would make sense. But I, I'm still a little surprised that we've seen that movement there. My question for this game is how much do you believe Tom Brady and the struggles we've seen early on with that offense, which has been abysmal, has been because of the wide receiver core not being healthy. How much is it just Tom Brady? Maybe finally is it catching up to him? Although I don't buy it. And how much is that offensive line, which has injuries all over the place? Mike Evans is going to be back in this game after the one game suspension. We'll continue to see where things are at with Chris Godwin. Offensive line is not getting any help there in Tampa. And Tom Brady gets the ball out of his hands quicker than any other quarterback in football. That's been the case for a while. And if you look at the first three weeks of the season, Tom Brady once again leads the NFL in seconds uh, before he throws the football. And so that's not going to change. Uh, we were talking on, on here on middays with Cody and I. I. I'm not ready by any means. We've all learned our lesson, I think, to say after three weeks, oh, man, Tom Brady just doesn't look right. It's not the same Tom Brady. Look, that might happen again on Sunday. But I, from a big picture, Tampa Bay Bucks perspective, I'm not ready to sit here and tell you that, that Tom Brady's not going to figure it out before the end of this season. Fortunately for Kansas City, it doesn't matter what happens in November right now for them. It matters what happens coming up this weekend as we turn the calendar over to October already for some October football come Sunday evening in Tampa Bay. 
As for, you know, Patrick Mahomes, off a loss, he's 11 and 3 straight up, 7 and 7 against the spread, and he's 7 and 1 straight up on the road following a loss. We know Kansas City lost in Indy. Well, Mahomes is 7 and 1 when he loses on the road uh, following a loss, or off, off a loss, I should say. And so I think Kansas City covers this. Now, if you haven't bet it, when Kansas City's getting a point as well on the road, you like it even better than where the number was prior to that. But I lean Kansas City in this. We'll take a look at some prop bets coming up on the other side for this game. Finally, uh, here on a Thursday night, we started to see some more of the yardage totals come out for a couple Chiefs players. Who can you trust in the prop market for this game? We'll get to that next here on That Betting Show. Back here on that betting show, Thursday night football just underway. And I got to say, all right, I love, I love the Cincy all whites, the white helmet. It's a great look. I know that's a weird subject in Kansas city. Cause we know they want to stay with the classics and I don't know if we'll ever really see a true alternate Jersey or a true alternate helmet, but I'm, I'm a little jealous of this look that since he's got out there, the all whites with the white helmet taking on the Miami Dolphins. So we'll keep an eye on Thursday night football update you. If we get a touchdown score for those of you, uh, maybe that were thinking about the first touchdown score bets as well, but just underway in Cincy between the Dolphins and the Bengals. Again, coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll talk to John Land, Franco of the Action Network, a contributor there, host writer for FantasySharks.com. But I do want to continue talking about the Chiefs game on Sunday from a betting angle. I told you where the spread is at. Now the Chiefs are one-point dogs. I lean Kansas City at this point in time for that game. And on the prop end, this is where it's tricky for me because we, we see this wide receiver core. And Mahomes ever you know warned everybody before the season about how a Sorry, fantasy football players, which is very similar, of course, to the prop market as well. It's why player props are becoming more popular. People that have played fantasy football now that are in a legalized betting state are looking at these, and it's eventually going to be more popular than spread bets, as a matter of, a matter of fact. It'll be player props. And who do you trust in that receiving core for Kansas City right now if you're going to bet a player prop, other than Travis Kelsey, right? Juju, maybe a little bit. Let me just tell you where the receiving yards are at for this game already on the prop market. This is over at BetMGM. So receiving yards, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's been involved in the passing game more than we've really ever seen, over under 20 and a half yards. Jarek McKinnon, 15 and a half. Juju Smith-Schuster, 53 and a half. And then Travis Kelsey, 66 and a half against a very good Tampa Bay Bucks defense, as we know, specifically on the rushing yardage. We'll get to that. I don't, I don't like anything on, on Clyde over. I like the under, in fact, for Clyde rushing 36 and a half yards. Uh, the interesting thing on the receiving is, out of that group, what do you what do you feel most confident in? If I told you over 20 and a half for Clyde, McKinnon's number, Juju, and then Travis Kelsey. I think the only one you feel confident in, right, is, is Travis Kelsey. He's yes, he's Travis Kelsey, but also the, the total. Like, do you do you feel confident that Juju Smith Schuster is going to get enough catches to go over 53 and a half? He's the most targeted wide receiver in this offense, but even last week against Indianapolis, until that one catch, which turned out to be a very good play by Juju. He was going to go under what would have been that 53 and a half number. It, it, that's not what the number was last week, but you get my point. That would have been under a week ago. Uh, so I, I don't feel confident enough to bet prop bets for the Chiefs wide receivers right now until we get a better feeling. Unless the number gets low enough and you feel like, hey, there's just too much that too much value there, right? To, to go ahead and, and put some money on a particular player. So I, I stay away there. Um, at, at this point, the only receiving prop that I would feel comfortable with is Travis Kelsey over 66 and a half yards. Now on the rushing end, this surprised us when we looked it up and saw that Jarek McKinnon actually is getting more snaps than any other running back on the team. That might surprise you a little bit. 
Jarek McKinnon has more snaps than any other running back on the team through three weeks. Now, the rushing yard props, McKinnon's over-under rushing is 17.5. Clyde's, it's 36.5. And and have this actually as a duplicate. Over-under 17.5. That must be a typo. The reason why I pause for a second, I'm looking at this live. McKinnon over-under 17.5, and they also lift McKinnon over-under 13.5. Now, it's minus 115 for the 17.5, and you get at minus 110 on 13.5. Um, I actually like the over on the 13 and a half for McKinnon. And here's why I just told you he's getting more snaps than anybody else in the backfield. Yes. It's against a very stout defensive front, but 13 and a half yards. It's such a low number that I would feel more confident betting the over on Jarek McKinnon, 13 and a half than I would Clyde over 36 and a half yards. And it's because I, he's going to be on the field enough. I know he's going to be on the field enough. It's kind of that, that simple for me when it comes to the props for that. Uh, as far as some other ones, just to keep an eye on if you're looking to build your parlay for the Chiefs and Bucks game. So anytime touchdown bets at this point, uh, it looks like those aren't up quite yet for the Chiefs game, as usually sometimes when we're on the air, they're not there yet. But that's just uh, a couple of the prop bets for this game in particular. But keep an eye on the total as well, which continues to go down 45 and a half. That would be the lowest total of any Chiefs game through four weeks of the season. I led the show talking about the Bucks' offensive struggles. And we all know last week, Kansas City struggled offensively as well. The reason why I still like Kansas City at, at the one-point underdog is, and even as a two-point favorite earlier in the week, I don't think Tampa's going to be able to score enough, guys. This Chiefs defense is legit. I don't think it's fluky. Now, with that Bucks offensive line, I think there's some opportunities for, for the Chiefs. But are your linebackers going to be effective enough in coverage at times? along with the secondary, of course, with how quickly Tom Brady gets the ball out. That's the question. How much faith do you have there? Because I don't see Tom Brady and the Bucs at this point in the season. Now, maybe it's different in Week 12 at this point in the season, being able to put up enough points to where you feel uncomfortable taking the Chiefs to cover and, frankly, to win outright. It's minus 110 just flat out on the money line right now uh, for both these teams. Makes sense with the line being at one. All right, let me point out a few other trends here in the NFL so far. So NFL unders are 30 and 18. They're covering at 63% of the time. That means through three weeks, and there'll be an adjustment from the bookmakers. There already have been. But through three weeks, if you just blindly bet unders through three weeks, you'd be hitting 63%. You'd be feeling very, very good about the way this game has started at this point in, in time, or this season has started at this point in time. And then... Primetime games, which tonight, Thursday night football going on. Primetime games, the under is seven in three. The Bengals Dolphins total closed at 48 and a half. And if you're wondering about the under right now, well, Cincinnati has a, a third in inches from about the six yard line, about the five yard line of, of Miami right now. So they're knocking on the door of a chance to have an opening drive touchdown. Uh, for Cincinnati and on third and inches, if they're short, you would imagine they would go for fourth down. So we'll keep an eye, uh, keep an eye on that as well. I want to go uh, back to the futures here real quickly, and then we'll, we'll take a break and we'll be joined by, by John over at the action network uh, before the season started. First show we ever did, right? It was all about the futures. The entire show is all about the futures, betting markets, how to attack the MVP odds. I just wanted to update you. We'll do this every couple weeks on where things are at in the MVP market at this point, as we head into week four of the season. So Josh Allen was the favorite. Patrick Mahomes uh, was right there with the second best odds. You could have got him at eight to one, nine to one, uh, 15 to one. If you got the boost over at, uh, at Barstool Sportsbook and the MVP market has Josh Allen as the favorite. Still, he's moved to minus 350, 300, depending on what book you're taking a look at. Uh, but the real difference is now all of a sudden you see Jalen hurts 
and, and Tua jumping up the market along with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has the second best odds to win MVP. You take a look at the numbers. He's putting up better numbers so far through three weeks and his MVP season a couple a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the MVP market, and as I'm trying to pull them up, by the way, of course, since the game just started, uh, FanDuel has pulled those I've uh, pulled those odds, uh, so I can't give you the updated odds in exactly where the MVP market is. Those will go back up a little bit later on tonight. Uh, but we've, we've seen a shift in the MVP market because of that. The other one is odds to make the playoffs. So the Packers were minus 275 uh, just a week ago to make the playoffs. They're now minus 400. They, got, they of course, got back on track and, and beat the Bucks last week. The Dolphins, who are playing right now, who just gave up a touchdown, by the way, on their opening drive. First touchdown score, congrats. Joe Mixon, by the way. Cincinnati takes a very early 7-0 lead. And for those of you that did the DraftKings early win promo, I did as well. Uh, congratulations. You already made your money line bet. That simple. That easy. How about that? Shocking, Alex. Shocking. Love it. Doesn't even matter if Cincy now wins if you did the early draft. You, you, you already cashed your ticket. That's the beautiful thing about that promo. I know a lot of people took Miami because it was plus 190 on the early promo, and so you liked it. And look, Miami can still get up by seven at some point in this game, and you would win your ticket, and you could you could end up winning on both ends there. Uh, but that that just happened in, in the game there. But the, the Dolphins were minus 200 to make the playoffs. They're now minus 400. Another big shake is over with Cincinnati. They were plus 145. Uh, to make the playoffs, uh, they're now plus 120. That was just a week ago. And then the Falcons, who were once 12-1 to 1 to make the playoffs, are now 7-1. to 1. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons, because there's a chance the Falcons <laughs> could all of a sudden be sitting on uh, three wins here very, very soon despite that. That's where you got to, like, how much do you believe in some of these 2-1 and one football teams? Throw the Giants in that mix as well. We'll talk all about this with John Lanfranca of the Action Na- Network, a contributor there and host writer for FantasySharks.com. We'll get his perspective on the Chiefs-Bucks game and also what he makes of that MVP race right now here on That Betting Show. That Betting Show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, back here on That Betting Show. Thanks for hanging out here on a Thursday night. If you missed any of the show, be sure to download the podcast, subscribe to it, That Betting Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, through the Odyssey app up on 610sports.com. Make sure you listen before uh, the college football and NFL weekend. For those of you listening live, we always appreciate that. You can interact on the text line if you want, 913 586 610 or on Twitter, at Alex Gold. Right now, Thursday night football, it's... Uh, 3-12 or so to go in the first quarter. It's a 7-3 Cincinnati lead. Miami just got a field goal on their opening drive. Cincinnati then on uh, their next drive ended up punting. And now Miami backed up on a first and 16 in the early going of that game. Thanks again to John Lanfranca from the Action Network. Some good insight on his thoughts for the week four slate. But it is that time we do it every Thursday to wrap up the show in the final segment. It is time to get to the Goldilocks here on that betting show. And we'll try to keep the momentum going. A very good week for all of us. We got back on track three and one in college football last week. We also uh, are above 500 again in the NFL. Seven and five in the NFL, 10 and nine in college football. We're three and three on the props for the NFL. Let's start college football. So Kansas. Three-point dogs at home Saturday in Lawrence against Iowa State, the second Big 12 game of the year for the Jayhawks. To this point, who stopped them offensively? 
And that's the thing. Who has stopped Kansas offensively, one of the top scoring offenses in college football? There's nothing fluky about the offense. We can disagree on big picture how many wins they ultimately get to. Their defense has their issues. But to me, Iowa State's not the team that's going to slow down the KU offense because I don't think this is an offense that will be slowed down all that often this year. The question is, can you put up enough points to put some pressure on them? Iowa State, are they going to be able to score 35-plus? I think that's the bare minimum to do this. Now, the Jayhawks, as I said, their own defense is tied for 94th, allowing 402 yards per game. So that's why, if you want to look at the total for this game as well, that's another area. But I'm getting three points for an undefeated team at home heading into their fifth game of the year. And they have a quarterback playing as good as anyone, a top three quarterback in all of college football. Now we can bring up the schedule and all that. The schedule arguments are always funny. Because if you lose to a team, then you then you try to act like, well, yeah, that 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 team wasn't any that that team was good or they weren't good when you when you beat them. Well, clearly they weren't a good team because Kansas beat them. Look, we're all skeptical because of the success, or I should say, a lack of success that the Kansas football program has had. So that's where there's skepticism. Otherwise, if it wasn't KU, the name, I'm serious. You change the name, the Jayhawks to me would be favorites in this game. So I love the fact that I'm getting three points at home for the Jayhawks against Iowa State. Let's stay in the Big 12. Oklahoma at TCU getting six points. Uh, Oklahoma's, uh, excuse me, not getting six points. Oklahoma, TCU's getting six points. Oklahoma's minus six in this game. Two losses in a row for Oklahoma. Not only do they think they win, they're going to cover the six. The Sooners coming off that surprising loss to Kansas State at home. The Horned Frogs coming off a win against SMU, a big rivalry game. This line has already bumped up half a point, and Oklahoma has won the last eight between them and TCU. I just don't see Brent Venables and the Sooners losing two in a row, and I think they cover in this spot. Kansas State just has been historically a bad matchup, especially with Chris Kleinman, for the Sooners. I don't think that'll be the case for TCU in this game. I expect a big bounce-back performance by Oklahoma, minus the six. Let's head out west to the Pac-12. Oregon, minus 15.5 against Stanford. I was ready to write off Oregon and Bo Nix and say, oh, same old Bo Nix when they got blown out and embarrassed by Georgia. But you know what? Georgia's just that damn good as we continue to learn as the season goes on. And guess what? Since then, Oregon's now put up 40-plus in three straight. Stanford, on the other hand, they've lost to Washington and USC in back-to-back games. Their defense struggled against a USC offense that, to me, is a little bit overrated still at this point in time. I think this is also a spot here where the Ducks have a chance to continue to show that, hey, look, that that Georgia game, I get everybody talking about us in a certain way, but Georgia is just that dominant and is that number one team in the country. I think Oregon wins by two-plus touchdowns at fifth, 15-and-a-half against Stanford. The last college football game, Navy and Air Force. Navy and Air Force under 37-and-a-half. The under is 49 in the last 49 meetings between service academies. This is probably the most well-documented trend that everybody jumps on in, in, in a, you know, an Army-Navy game. This is Navy-Air Force, though. 49 the under in the last 49 games. I believe it's up to 38 in some spots. I got it at 37 and a half. Obviously, wish I had it at 38. Uh, to be honest, this is just a bet I make every year now in games involving service academies. It cashes at 80%. I'm going to bet it every time. Until it proves me otherwise. Navy, Air Force, under, under, under. Those are my college football Goldilocks. Let's move to the NFL. Arizona. I mentioned this a couple times already tonight. Arizona 
plus one and a half, plus two now at some books at Carolina. I think this is an outright win, though, for Arizona as well. But I'll take Arizona plus one and a half. Baker Mayfield is in danger of losing his job to Sam Darnold again. He's only connected on 51% of his throws. That's the worst in his career. And Carolina has one win in their last 10 when they're a home favorite. And as John pointed out, Cliff Kingsbury, 18-7-2 against the spread on the road. That's the second best among 59 coaches. Arizona, to me, should be favorites in this game. I took, I took Arizona in my survivor here at the station and at another survivor pool. I love Arizona in this spot. Matt Rule, 3-10 and 10 against the spread as a favorite. He's the second worst coach against the spread as a favorite since 2020. The Panthers are also 1-25 straight up, 5-21 when their opponent scores 17 points or more. I think Arizona will score 17 points or more, despite that being a pretty decent Carolina defense. Next up, Denver. That's right, the Broncos getting 2.5 points at Las Vegas. The Raiders have the longest against the spread losing streak in the NFL. It's four games. Both teams are so poorly coached. I've made fun of Nathaniel Hackett plenty. They barely beat the Niners on Sunday night. But I take the team with the better defense and a better quarterback getting two and a half points. Russell Wilson is bad as it's been so far. He's still the better quarterback in this game. They have the better defense. The Raiders are a mess. Yes, I know the Raiders are not going to go 0-17. I understand that. But Denver's getting points here in an atmosphere that's not great. There will be Broncos fans in Las Vegas. The Raiders don't have this great home atmosphere. Fans go there. It's Las Vegas. Give me Denver plus two and a half. Next game is in London. Might scare you away. Not me. Minnesota minus two and a half at New Orleans. Again, in London, Andy Dalton might be starting in this game. Not Jameis Winston. And honestly, the odds or the line hasn't shifted, I should say. Difference between the two. Maybe you think there's less mistakes. I just have not been impressed with New Orleans. And I'm high on New Orleans heading into this season. Minnesota, though, I still think is by far the better team in this matchup. I understand they needed to come back against Detroit in order to get the win, but I like Minnesota in this spot. Justin Jefferson, I think, gets back on track after two performances in a row that haven't uh, been on par anywhere near with what he did in week one. And then lastly, the last Goldilock, Chiefs plus one in Tampa. Catch the beginning of the show. You know my thoughts on this game here. I don't think the Bucs can score enough points. I do believe Tom Brady gets it figured out later on in the year because we've been through this rodeo before. By week 12, Tom Brady and the Bucs will be dangerous again. They're not dangerous offensively right now. That defense certainly is, but I don't think Patrick Mahomes getting held down for two straight weeks. I, I, I don't believe that. And this Chiefs defense, it's not fluky. To me, they're going to be pretty damn good. Mahomes off a loss, 11-3 straight up, 7-7 seven and seven against the spread, 7-1 and one straight up on the road off a loss as well. Those are the Goldilocks. I'll throw in a prop for you as well. Jonathan Taylor. Honestly, I don't know if it matters what the number is for this one. Over, over, over his rushing yards. 96 and a half. Titans are giving up 6.1 yards per carry. That's the fifth most rushing yards in the NFL through three weeks of the season. That defense is abysmal. I expect the, expect the Colts coming off a win against the Chiefs. Have some more confidence. Even though they didn't look great offensively against Kansas City, that's why that loss was so frustrating for Chiefs fans. But I like the over for Jonathan Taylor. Those are the Goldilocks here on a Thursday night. 
Again, 3-1 last week in the NFL, 3-1 last week in college football. And also be sure to catch me on uh, my weekend show that I do over on BetQL. That is something I'll tweet out this weekend, or you can catch it live on Twitch. Hail Mary, I do one of those every weekend on our show. It's a 10-to-1 parlay or long shot bet. Last week, we hit on it. Week one, we hit on it. We're two out of three on 10-to-1 bets through three weeks of the NFL season. So be sure to, to check that out this weekend. I'll make sure I tweet out a link to it before you do your betting on Sunday morning. Looks like Thursday night football as we wrap up here, a little commercial break at this point, but it's a seven to three game two and missed a wide open Tyreek Hill. Some of you loading up on Tyreek Hill props tonight, obviously probably a little upset by that. Tua kind of looked like like Jimmy G on that throw in particular. Von Bell, linebacker, or Von Bell picking off Tua. So Tua is throwing a pick. Over a half was the uh, the line for Tua picks. Is that minus, I think, 115 or so. Hope you caught some of that. Coming up next, though, K-State football fans, the Wildcats riding high after their win against the Oklahoma Sooners. What can they do coming up? Well, Chris Kleiman's going to tell you about the Wildcats right here on 610 Sports Radio. show with Alex Gold Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio at the Odyssey app.